creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQALFM on the campus of Winona State University. Today on Culture Click, we take a stroll, or walk rather, through some local history with the 2023 Voices of the Past Cemetery Walk. The Cemetery Walk is presented by the Winona County Historical Society, and this year's theme is Made in Winona. We'll get to hear stories of Winona's past from names such as Hannibal Choate, Emily Goltz, and Otto Brightlow on everything from dressmakers to druggists and undertakers to beer makers, or brewmeisters, or brewmasters, I suppose. At any rate, grab yourself your favorite beverage, kick back, and get ready for some good old Winona history. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and this is part one of the 2023 Voices of the Past Cemetery Walk, made in Winona, on today's Culture Click. Dick would do the work, 
And I would get in those states why you're going to go to the next town and sell the next job. Okay, gentlemen, that's all good background, but I think as a committee we need to hear a little bit more about your work, gentlemen. So Larry Conway told me that by 1950, Conway Universal had 10 stained glass artists working right here in Winona in the studio. Larry joined his dad, Joe, in 1952 as a salesperson, and a little bit later he was followed by his brother, Bill. In addition to making new windows and repairing windows, they also started repairing lighting for churches. So eventually, Phil spun that business off, and some of you will recognize a different business in Winona called Winona Lighting, but that is a story for another day. Well, Joe wasn't the only one making new windows. New churches were springing up all across the country. By the 50s, I had 12 artists working for my While you guys were running around trying to make a buck fixing windows, I was making new ones. <laughs> we did some repair work too, but I chose to focus on the artwork side of the business. It had to get a whole group of people together to agree on a theme, and then a design for the same glass windows. You had to keep your ego out of it, but maintain your artistic integrity. Please support donors, but don't go overboard. But you had to be affordable, and that's why we stayed in the repair business until the 60s. That's right, Mr. Hauser. As a committee, we're going to care about affordability, right? We do have a budget to stick to. But remember that beautiful new window that we're hoping for, so that whole artistic approach could certainly be part of our decision. Well, Conway, since we don't have Larry here to tell us about it, Conway told me that in addition to doing their repairs, the work that they work on, they traveled the whole United States and installed new windows. Well, like the one in Abilene, Kansas, at President Eisenhower's gravesite, the one on the Chapel of Meditation. Here in Winona, you will recognize Conway Universal Studio windows at Central Lutheran Church. Back in the 70s, they did a rebuild, an entire rebuild, of St. Mary's Catholic Church windows. And of course, those of you that have been in this building before, and near and dear to all of our hearts, that beautiful window right here in our history center, the one with Princess Winona, Conway Universal Studios, they created that one for this building. Why, Larry told me that Ed Kluka, one of their top designers, did that one. You have to keep your eye on affordability. <laughs> and did Larry tell you that he lost the storm covering job for that window? <laughs> did not. <coughs> Charge too much. Anyway, Laverne <laughs> Campbell of Cathedral Glass, still in business in town, still do good work. They did some work for uh, Emmanuel Lutheran in, in Lewiston and for uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse and also uh, right here, no, they did. They did the entry window to City Hall. And then they did another project. Right here? Right here at the, at the uh, History Center. They put a thorn cover on And they did it pretty. Well, okay. that for no wonder he wants to that. All right, then I'll just stick to business. <laughs> In 1981, we made windows for the Vatican Chapel in Jerusalem. Here at home, we made windows for the cathedral and the sacristy. 
We made windows for a church in Kingston, Jamaica, and we did 33 windows for St. Mary's Mission in Montana. <coughs> in 2004, Larry sold his business to us. Reinrich bought Conway Universal because they had always done the more modern designs, while we had always focused on the more traditional. So combining the two just seemed to make sense. Larry did tell me he wanted to spend more time with his family and to fly that airplane of his. Yeah, Bill Jr. had been getting more involved in running the business in the early 2000s and had fully taken over in 2005 when I died. Well, what did you think of Larry getting out? Larry needed to get out, you know, <laughs> and it was a good thing for him. The competition was getting fierce. Anybody with a pickup truck and a ladder thought they could fix stained glass windows. Yeah, and they could underbid you. They didn't have any overhead. They had no reputation to maintain. A lot of them didn't even do half the work. I guess they figured that by the time the church knew the difference, they'd be long gone. <laughs> well, while you guys we're fishing in the shallow end of the lake. <laughs> you know, we at Hauser sent out in 1983 three quarter of a million offers across the country to fix church windows. And we made some money. So we bought Willett uh, Stained Glass Company out of Philadelphia. And when we did that, that meant we had windows in the National Cathedral, in West Point Cadet Chapel, and right here in Winona at First Congregational Church. Um, wait just a minute there, J.D. Yes? What's this wee stuff? <laughs> <laughs> didn't Willett make those windows long before you bought them? So you mean you didn't make any of those windows, or really even sell them, you just bought the bragging rights? <laughs> I didn't see you doing it, Bill. <laughs> no. Uh, what projects did you do? Oh, yeah, I could tell you about a project. You know, in, in uh, 1985, uh, Mike and Jim, they were pretty much taking over the business. And we sold the project down in Houston, Texas at Second Baptist Church. It was a huge church, seated 6,000 people. They measured the carpet in acres. <laughs> <laughs> and help me out with this, Bill, will you please? We built two windows. 60 feet wide and six stories tall. And we made them right here in Winona. Now, my goodness, that is impressive. Yes, in 2017, Bill Jr. got out when he sold to his, sold to Jason Hoff. Jason had been one of our better foremen. When did you retire, J.E.? In 1994. And I hung around the shop until about 2004 when I died. So actually our three founding fathers, J.E. Hauser, Bill Reinhardt, and Larry Conway, Joe Conway, were all out of the business personally by 1994. But pieces of their business continued on through acquisition 
and through combinations. And the stained glass industry still goes strong and went on it today, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it's changed. Things change a lot. And in, in 2005, our business ran into a little bit of a wrinkle, and uh, we uh, changed our name from Hauser Willett to Willett Hauser. And instead of being just a stained glass company, we became architectural glass. And then uh, in 1914, Mike had had enough, so he sold out to Associated Crafts, and Associated Crafts, uh, we became Associated Crafts and Willett Hauser. Jim, I've heard they're one of the biggest stained glass studios in the country. They, they are, and they give tours. <laughs> well, I think our committee is probably getting ready to vote on which stained glass studio we want to go with, so if we don't have any further questions, we can let these gentlemen take one of those. Thanks for listening. Hey, thank you. Just getting back to site nine for just a moment. Uh, they mentioned undertaker and also uh, being buried alive. Uh, those two things. The, the first, the second one actually did happen before they started doing embalming, because sometimes people were assumed to be dead and weren't. So they would, they would attach a uh, a rope or string into the into the casket and a bell up on the, uh, above the ground. And if somebody did happen to wake up, uh, they could bring the bell. <laughs> hope that somebody was around. Uh, there's a term called dead ringer, but that has nothing to do with that. That's a different word altogether. It sounds like it could be, by the way. The other thing is, was the term undertaker. When the funerals were done in parlors and in the uh, front room of most houses, uh, somebody had to uh, undertake the unpleasant uh, task of caring for the body between the time of uh, the body had passed away and the burial. And that's how the term undertaker team about. The uh, next one is site two, which is confectionaries and, uh, and ice cream. Yeah, really. <laughs> I am positive that it was Main Street. No, it was on East Third Street. It was Main Street. It was Third Street. There's nothing on Main Street. You don't know. Yes, I do. I know everything. Yes, I mean, it's just a big blow. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Well, Agnes Westman and Charles Schuler. What are you two so adamantly talking about? Well, Elmer Bort and Mary McVeigh. Elmer, no ice cream on your shirt? <laughs> no chocolate on your tie, Charlie? It seems you two were loud enough to raise the dead. And besides, I think you've drawn a crowd. <laughs> oh my goodness, please forgive our rudeness. We didn't notice you here. <laughs> Perhaps we should introduce ourselves. You know, it's funny, we were all in the confectionery and ice cream business. Sweets for the sweeties. Agnes, why don't you tell these folks about yourself? Why, sure. I am Agnes Thorne Westman. I was born in 1856. And in 1881, I married my husband, Charles, not this Charles, <laughs> Charles Westman. 
I'm sorry Charles isn't here tonight. He decided he needed to rest in peace. <laughs> anyway, Charles and I had five children, four boys and one girl. In 1885, we acquired the Boston Bakery down on East 3rd Street from Frank. My name is Charles P. Schuler. In the early 1900s, my three sons, Charles, George, Frank, and I, built a small ice cream establishment. And this is my young, my only daughter, Pat. It became one of the largest confectionaries in the state of Minnesota. After 11 years, we sold back to Frank Schmidt and in 1900, my Charles was the owner and operator of the Westman Bakery on East 3rd Street. My husband Charles was a prominent businessman in Winona. He not only was on the board of directors, he was also a major stockholder in Merchants Bank. Ice cream is only a side business for bakery. Competition in the bakery industry was fierce. There were four bakeries on East 3rd Street. Besides Westman's, there was a Berlin Bakery, Boston Bakery, and Federal Bakery. That's right, and Federal Bakery later became affiliated with Sunbeam Bread. Have any of you guys remember Sunbeam Bread? Unfortunately, my husband passed in 1903, and I had to step up and become proprietor of our store until my oldest son, Carl, could take over. We were the largest bakery delivery or shipping service in this part of Minnesota and beyond. Famous for mama's bread and other pastries like coconut marshmallow cupcakes and cherry layer cake. Makes my mouth water just thinking about it. Oh, I do wish we had samples. You know, just so you know, we also made ice cream. I continued to help my son in the store in my later years. Until, fittingly, I actually died in the store in 1912, just before Christmas. And I was crocheting at the time. I was the owner of the Morris Ice Cream Company. I was born in Wisconsin in 1894. I started out by making butter, cheese, as well as ice cream when I was only 16 years old. I lived in La Crosse for a while, and after 17 years in the business, I moved our operation over to Winona in 1932. We became the largest ice cream manufacturing facility in the city of we came, we, we got out of ice cream and into Candyland. In 1907, we built a chocolate factory in 228 East 2nd Street. The company expanded many times through the years. Our first and most popular candy was called Cherry Humps. Do any of you remember Cherry Humps? Oh, oh I do. Two cherries sitting on a liquidy, ooey gooey layer of confection sugar, <laughs> dipped in fabulous chocolate, sold in a package for only, remember, five cents. <laughs> we built a new facility at 1000 West 5th Street. There were millions of these candy bars made over 75 years, from 1911 to 1985. When World War II started, all of our employees were called up into the service, and we had to switch over to wholesale rather than retail. I had served in World War I, but I served in World War II as well as an air raid warden. When our son Les had returned from the service, he took over as manager, while I semi-retired. At its peak, our hardening facility killed 6,000 gallons of ice cream, 
and we made over 150 different flavors over our years in business. In 1955, we became an affiliate of Land O'Lakes. Strawberry is my favorite flavor of ice cream. Mm -hmm. In 1972, the Schuler Chocolate Company became a subsidiary of Brock Candy Company. In 1986, we started making a new kind of candy. Does anybody know what it is? It was first made in Germany. It was fruity, it was chewy. Answer, gummy bears. <laughs> Eventually, the company was sold again to the Ferrara Candy Company. And in 2000, candy production ended in Winona. Mary McVeigh. You haven't had a chance to tell the folks about your ventures in the sweets business. You're right, <coughs> I'm actually Elmer's sister-in-law. His wife, Bernice, was married to my husband, is not married, was the brother of my husband, Cassius McVeigh. We, Cash and I moved to Winona in 1930, and we opened a restaurant called the College Inn. Later, we were located right across the street, 450 Huff Street, and opened McVeigh's. Anyone remember? <laughs> An ice cream shop. The McVeigh's and the Boris were both in the ice cream business, but we were never really rivals. They made ice cream for their parlor while we sold retail. And McVeigh's was a hit, not only with the college crowd, but from folks all over town. Sadly, Cash passed away in 1955, but I stepped up and ran the business until our sons could take it over. So as you can tell, we all made a living satisfying sweet tooth. I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Anybody hungry? Uh, I think probably uh, Three of the biggest losses Winona suffered over the years is the hot fish shop, the Winona Navy Mills, and Cherry House. Yes. Uh, site, site three is uh, making it work, we call it, and it's, uh, it deals with machinery that's been made in Winona. Why, Mr. Kitty, old wagon master, you! You are looking mighty well this fine day. Uh, well, better than a hundred years of eternal rest to do that for you. <laughs> Ah. It's good to see you, Mrs. Jones. Say, what brings you to the green side of the sun this morning? We're welcoming a prodigal. Hmm. You remember Edwin? Edwin Wheelock? He ran Pioneer Tractor Company for my husband, Charles, and I dare not forget to mention, invented the army tank. Odd form, if I do say so. <laughs> I remember you now. Yeah, you were in that dead bird tractor company. Help drive me out of business. <laughs> now, you can't blame all that on us. There were 115 tractor companies competing for business here in Minnesota between 1900 and 1925, and we weren't competing with the horse. We were competing with, excuse me, we weren't competing with the wagon, we were competing with the horse that pulled it. Well, that may be so, but still goes. Winona Wagon Company survived two fires, moved from Rushford, got a national reputation, only to be run out of business by that clanking, stinking, burning gasoline engine. <laughs> 
wooden wagon could not compete in an age of steel. Good timber and bone dry was a good slogan for its time, and with a hundred different models. Yeah, we had everything from a buckboard to a satin line hearse. Kept Winona wagon rolling for over half a century. But. Yeah, we did. But then you, um, <coughs> but. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> in radio they call this dead air. Once the curry got plowed, 
farms got smaller, and rigged that size, and now we have room to turn around. Who would have thought that wimpy little Waterloo boy would put us out of business? <laughs> Nothing runs like a deer. <laughs> and you, I bet you still got your undies in a bunch over that silly army tank idea. But it made sense. The Great War was raging, and we needed to get men and guns over the trenches and into no man's land. The other designs, they were big and easy to hit. Mine was big, but it was faster. And with a steel pipe frame construction that connected to the tracks, it allowed us just to put a simple armored box in the middle to carry the men and the guns. It was a great design. I mean, bullets just whizzed on through. Honestly, it looked like a skeleton. <laughs> Too bad the war ended before we had a chance to use it. <laughs> the War Department did buy one, though, for $15,000. I suppose it's off in a museum collecting dust somewhere. That was no Abrams, but... <laughs> By the way, whatever became of you, uh, last I recall, you took off from here in 25 and headed down to Cuba. Things didn't work out down there. You came back. Then you went to Minneapolis, uh, I know you were there about 70 years ago. Uh, that's where the trail goes cold. Well, and that's fine by me. <laughs> Until I get that big government check they promised us, I'll let you know. Until then, we'll be seeing you. We'll see you. Thanks again to the Winona County Historical Society for helping us bring you the 2023 Voices of the Past Cemetery Walk made in Winona. For more information about the Historical Society and the History Center Museum, go to winonahistory.org. To keep up on all things Winona and the surrounding area, tune into Culture Click Thursdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQL. Or listen to past episodes of Culture Click on your favorite streaming services. Find links at kql.org. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard part one of the 2023 Voices of the Past Cemetery Walk made in Winona. Tune in next Thursday at 1230 for part two of the 2023 Voices of the Past Cemetery Walk on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.